0: Welcome back to the MarTech
1: Podcast. Today, we're going to walk very close to the third rail and talk about the role gender plays in the career of a marketer. Joining us is Christine Mortensen, who is the founder of Sparked, which is a B2B-focused content design and strategy agency. Outside of her role leading her company, Christine is also the creator of the Women in MarTech Facebook group, which is a group created with the initial goals of connecting women looking to book speaking opportunities, working in cross-collaboration and peer support. Today, Christine is going to tell us her view on some of the challenges facing women in marketing today. Here's our interview with Christine Mortensen, founder of Sparked and the Women in Martech Group. Christine, welcome to the Martech Podcast.
2: Thank you very much. It's
1: an honor to have you here and congratulations on the launch of the Women in Martech Group.
2: Thank you. It's been a very exciting endeavor to embark upon. There's a big need for it.
1: Well, you know, I have to say I'm excited and obviously I support the success of women in marketing and I feel like it's something that's probably needs to be highlighted and I've tried to do that using this forum. I also have to say that I'm terrified of conducting this interview because it's one of those topics that for guys, it's really hard to discuss some of the challenges facing women in our role because it feels like it is partially, I don't know if it's our fault or a product of the industry, But I am going to try to dance close to the third rail without stepping on it and ask as many questions that I can that I think are important for both men and women to think about as it relates to gender in our profession. But before we get down that path, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about Sparked and why you started the Women in Martech Facebook group.
2: First of all, let me say that I think that you just wanting to do this podcast and this topic is a huge help. So I don't think that there's anything for you to be afraid of <laughs> by any means. I think that is a great way for men to be allies and to get more gender parity in marketing in general, in particular, women in Martech. So thank you.
1: Well, you're, you're very welcome. It's great to have you on the show. Tell us about you.
2: So like you said, founder of a digital marketing agency called Sparked, we are going on our seventh year based out of Chicago. And these days we started out helping everyone with content marketing, every and any B2B business with content marketing and digital marketing. But lately we've had more of a focus on women-owned and minority-owned businesses because we see a huge need there in particular for advancing women business owners.
1: So I understand that the purpose of the group is to help women find support. And my understanding is women feel supported mostly when they're talking about some of the trials and tribulations that they're facing, specifically with other women. Tell me about some of the challenges that women are facing and why is there a need for the type of group you've created?
2: Maybe the best way to answer that question is to talk a little bit about how it started because it started quite organically. And because I was asked to speak on a panel to talk specifically about search engine optimization. And it turned out that I couldn't make the date for that event, but I wanted to help the event organizer replace my spot. And knowing that there were other panelists that were male, I wanted to try to fill that spot with another woman. So basically, I went to Facebook and LinkedIn ready to ask like, hey, who in my network would want to speak on X? And I was also going to send out emails as well. But I was really frustrated that why isn't there just one place that I can go to? In order to do this, why do I have to go send out this message to everyone? Like, why isn't there a place for event organizers to go in order to find more women speakers? And I looked around and did a few Google searches and didn't really find a whole lot. So I figured, well, why not create something? I'm an entrepreneur. This is what we do. We see problems. We solve them. So basically just put out a question on LinkedIn saying, who are the women in MarTech? I'm starting a directory. Who should be on it? And tagged a whole bunch of people that I knew in the community, male and female, and asked them just who should be on it. Very simple question. There's no form to fill out at that time. It's just a question. And within a week, we had over 200 women that were tagged and referred to the group. So... Eventually, we ended up turning into a form, and we now have over 300 women in the directory. So that's why it started. It's also been something that I've noticed over the years that I go to a conference and notice that the people on stage aren't necessarily reflecting who I am, meaning they're not a woman.
1: It's a bunch of dudes.
2: Right. (laughs) It's a bunch (laughs) of dudes. And you might have seen or heard of a Tumblr feed called all the manals, I think.
1: Mannels being man panels.
2: Yes. All male panels dot tumbler.
1: Where us guys can mansplain things.
2: Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this tumbler has been around for years trying to point out this problem. And it puts up a picture of David Hasselhoff giving you a thumbs up saying, congratulations, you have an all male panel. <laughs> so it's kind of a form of panel shaming.
1: And David Hasselhoff shaming just for the record. <laughs> but
2: <laughs> yes, that's true. To be honest, I don't know who started this Tumblr. It was a woman. I'm sure. Yeah, (laughs) But it has brought a lot of attention to the fact that there are so many conferences and even small networking events that happen at WeWorks across the country that have all guys on it. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I don't want to say that like every single panel or every single conference should have all women. We don't have to go that far. But every event organizer, I think these days should definitely strive to get as close to 50-50 as possible. And not just women, but people of color. There needs to be more representation across the board. So it's
1: interesting. You basically started this group looking for a replacement speaker, but with the idea that there aren't enough women that are doing public speaking. And I don't know if it's a deeper problem or we have to take a step back and look at the landscape of MarTech and of marketing. And the thing that sticks out to my head is the traditional way that marketing has worked. If we not necessarily have to go back into a history lesson, and I'm going to use something that actually isn't real, but talk about mad men, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of non-marketers think about marketing is guys in suits from the fifties and sixties coming up with slogans two Manhattan's deep and probably sexually harassing their secretaries who were in the typing pool. And that's sort of the way that we think of marketing as brand marketers, right? Like that's the image that I think most people would have is Don Draper drinking a cocktail, talking down to his secretary. And out of that era of marketing, we've obviously moved into a different era, going into the digital age. Diversity is more important, but there is sort of an incumbent base of leaders in marketing, the sort of older generation who generally are older white men because they have the most experience in marketing. And so to me, that's what leads to the speakers not necessarily being gender balanced. Or when you look at panels on big conferences, they generally look for people that have a ton of experience And those are generally old white men, because people of color, people of different ethnicities and women weren't given the opportunities 30 years ago to cultivate their careers. And so it feels like we're in this game to play catch up, to have more diversity. So it puts people like me in an awkward space because I want to have more diversity. I want things to be fair and equal. And I think for our industry and the medium of business that we work in and just life in general, the more talent that is given an opportunity raises the water level. It's better for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. If Steve Jobs was a woman, she should be given every opportunity to succeed. If it was... Stephanie Jobs, she should have been given every opportunity to succeed, or at least we should be doing that today. On the flip side, I'm a white man. And all of a sudden, it does feel like there is such a push for this sort of equality that the white men in the workplace and in marketing absolutely have to tiptoe around subjects like the one that we're talking about. I don't know if it's coming off in this interview, because hopefully our editor is cleaning it up. But I have (laughs) beads of sweat coming off my forehead doing this interview, because I'm afraid of saying the wrong thing and getting myself in trouble. As a woman and as the founder of the Woman in Martech Facebook group, give some advice to men on how they should be operating in this world where diversity and inclusion is more important, even if it's at not necessarily the detriment, but we are sort of put as the competition for diversity and inclusion. How should we feel and what should we be doing?
2: Well, let me help clear the air a little bit. I have beads of sweat coming down my forehead too because this is a very hot button topic and there's people that could easily say that this isn't needed. This isn't something that is a problem, but it is. We can look at all sorts of statistics that will show how underrepresented women are, not only in technology spaces, but also in speaking events as well. And I don't think that any of this is on purpose. I think you said it very well where disparity, gender and diversity, is the cause of events from 30 plus years ago there's the common practice of you want to work with people you know, and you tend to know other people that are like you. So if you follow that logic, it's pretty easy to see why we have the situation we have. So I just want to be clear that I don't think that it's anything people are doing on purpose to exclude. I'm sure that there are others. There's always exceptions, but I like to try to see the good in people. So I don't think it's on purpose, but I do think that it is our job to purposefully change it. So ways that I think men can help here is just be conscious, just try to be a little more aware of who you're choosing to work with. Why are they really the best person to do the job? If so, are they best person to speak at that event? then yes, go with that person, no matter their gender, diversity, whatever. Try to find the best person for that role you're looking to fill. But if you can have a little bit more of a sensitivity to POC, to women, great, because there's a huge gender gap going on right now.
1: You said POC, and I know what it stands for, but just for everyone else, can you remind us?
2: People of color.
1: Okay. The funny thing is, I started doing my pre-production almost exactly a year ago. It was the beginning of 2018. This is the first podcast I recorded in 2019. And I was looking back, and this is just me going through my personal network. And the first 10 interviews that I published were all men. And the first nine of them were white men. Mm -hmm. And I obviously was not thinking, hey, I'm going to get a collection of white men to come onto my podcast and talk about marketing. (laughs) Right. This is the nature of at least my network. And I am a man in his late, God, late 30s. Damn. And these are the people that were my mentors for the most part in marketing. So it wasn't until we launched an episode that was focused on social media And we interviewed Kate Talbot, who is a freelance independent writer. She's been in Forbes and she wrote a book on Snapchat, but it's a relatively new medium. And to me, it's interesting that the first time that I wasn't talking about a very established format of marketing, but something that was new and innovative like social media, which has only been around for 10 years. Hey, what do you know? It was a woman who was the expert in that field. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. So talk to me a little bit about where you see women being successful. Am I interpreting that there is a discrepancy in older marketing channels being managed primarily by men and women are flocking towards sort of new and innovative channels? Or is that just a coincidence and something that happened on my show?
2: I don't know that I can intelligently speak on that in particular. I don't have statistics to support that, but I can tell you from just my professional experience that a lot of the people that I've worked with in marketing and i worked at several agencies. I was the CMO of Bunker Labs, which is a national nonprofit that helps veterans become entrepreneurs. When we were talking about marketing channels and the marketing roles in particular, I found myself surrounded mostly with other women. It isn't until you start looking at more of like C-level or director-level positions where, thinking back on the agency side, we would be working mostly in reporting to clients at that point that were males. So I do think that there's plenty of women in the marketing space, but I do think that when you get into the higher-level roles, for example, it's really easy to point out people like Steve Jobs, Jeff Bezos, any high-ranking male CEOs how many women CEOs can you name? I don't mean to put you on the spot. You don't have to answer that, but I would challenge the audience to think of how many women CEOs do you know and how many of them are in the MarTech space?
1: Can I answer it?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Off the top of my head, I could think of two. I could think of Meg Whitman and Carly Fiorina, who are the CEO of eBay and the ceo of hp and the only reason why i'm able to say that is i worked at ebay when meg was the ceo mm-hmm. and there was a strong female contingent of leadership so i know that lori norrington was there you know meg sort of had her team and it it was sort of focused on equality and a nice gender balance Lori Norrentin was the president, I think, of Marketplaces, which is one of the biggest organizations within eBay. And then Carly Fiorina, I worked at eBay with HP when she was the CEO. And it goes back to the original point of, I don't think there have been a lot of women who have been given the opportunity to grow their career to the point that they could be in the leadership levels. And we're just starting to see that tipping point now, in my opinion. You know, it's like Meg is such an outlier to me because a woman at her age being a leader was not something that you saw very often. Now we're seeing women that had more opportunity being given the chance to advance. And I believe that equality is more available now than it ever has been. So my hope is that creating forums like the one that you've created allows these women to network and gain some prominence and credibility to move up in their career to the point where they should
2: be. Yeah. And that's exactly what the point of the Women in Martech group is.
1: Okay, I want to get into that a little bit more, and that's really going to be our next episode. But before we land the plan on this episode, I'm going to actually step on the third rail and dance on it. And I want to talk about some of the workplace things that guys need to be aware of. A funny thing happened to me, it was probably a couple of months ago now, but I was outside of the office and we were talking with a couple of friends, admittedly, all white men. I was on the way to a football game, one white woman in the car as well. And we were talking about management or something along the lines. And I said that there was a girl that worked on my team. And the other person that I was driving with, the woman in the car, got offended or at least felt obligated to tell me that I shouldn't call the person that was female that worked on my team a girl because I would never say one of the boys that works on my team. And in reality, I was thinking that the opposite pronouns were girls and guys. And I would say the guy that worked on my team. So I did not mean it to be dismissive in any way. Men have to be very careful about how they refer to and how they treat women in the workplace. I would just like for you to give your thoughts about what are the hot button topics and what are the things that men need to know to make sure that they don't get in trouble with how they're referring to women and with how they're treating them.
2: Well, I would applaud that woman's effort in correcting you on saying girl rather than women. (laughs) I think guys and gals is okay. I know there's a group of people that would disagree with me, but I would agree. Don't say girl, we're women.
1: Yeah. But on the flip side, it was like, I would say guy, like girls and guys. So that's where it came from. It was not girls and boys. Right. I don't mean to get defensive. I hear you, but the whole point is like girls is offensive, apparently. It is. (laughs) So say women, what else is offensive? (laughs) What else are we doing wrong that we might not know about?
2: Well, mansplaining is one. That's a really big one. I'm a
1: podcast host. That's my job.
2: (laughs) So all kidding aside, it's when men try to explain something that the woman they're talking to probably already knows because there's a lot of clear examples of this where men are speaking to women who are experts in a particular field, and then them trying to explain the field to them. It's like, well, yes, I'm an expert on that. You don't have to explain this to me. That's mansplaining in a nutshell. And this happens at a variety of levels.
1: So guys, try to listen, right? And be aware that sometimes the person you're talking to, man or woman, might be more of an expert than you. I feel like I mansplain to men as much as I mansplain to women. Anybody that's worked on my team or that's been a consulting client, it's part of my job to explain my way of thought. And I feel like there's a way to find a happy balance and trying not to do that to one person versus another.
2: Absolutely. I even caught myself explaining camping to a peer of mine who's a man and I caught myself. I'm like, did I just mansplain camping to you? <laughs> and He was like, yes, now I know how this feels. Is this what you have to deal with every day? I was like, yes, I'm actually glad this happened because now you understand.
1: So what do you call that femansplaining?
2: I called it woman splaining, but it doesn't have the same ring to it.
1: It doesn't. We got to work on something better for that. We'll have another podcast. There you go. Okay. So mansplaining is the thing. Don't say girls. Yeah. We're professional women.
2: And two other things I would say is don't talk over people. And I'm saying people specifically because women talk over men too, but it happens to women infinitely more than it does to guys. I can't tell you how many meetings I've sat in where I'm in the middle of explaining what we should do for the next year's strategy. And all of a sudden, there's a coworker of mine that's like, oh, I know what we should do. And I'm like, well, I was in the middle of explaining what I thought we should do. And then everyone turns and looks at the man who interrupted.
1: David Hasselhoff sitting in the corner.
2: Exactly. So avoid those situations. Just don't talk over people. It's really rude. No matter what your gender is, just don't do it. But if you notice that a woman is talking and trying to make a point and you do have something to add to it, that's great. No one's saying don't add or contribute or disagree even, but do it within the realm of social norm. Don't just bowl someone over. And then the other thing I would make a request of men is to stop other men from doing these things. That's how you can truly be an ally to women and to people of color.
1: To be a blocker of bad behavior.
2: Yes, exactly. Because it's one thing for me as a woman to say, there's this problem, you should pay attention to it. It's another thing for men like you to say, this is a problem, we should pay attention to it. And here's ways that we can help guys. So to really try to get involved and to really just listen, pay attention and stop this from happening across the board.
1: We're dancing on the third rail at this point. The last thing I want to talk about, and I swear that we're going to get back to talking about marketing, but I think that this is a very important topic in our industry. We talked a little bit about madmen and about the way that men have treated women in the workplace before. I want to talk a little bit about sexual harassment. Where is the line in the workplace where men can go beyond just a casual compliment and make women feel uncomfortable in the workplace?
2: That is quite the third rail. Let's jump on this.
1: I feel like I'm going to get fired just for raising the (laughs) question. And it's my podcast. So I'm not even sure how that's possible. But (laughs) let's do this.
2: Yeah. So I think the best way that I've seen is to think of The Rock. Would you say it to The Rock? Whatever you're about to say, however you're about to compliment the person, would you say it to The Rock? Like, that's a very nice shirt. I'd say that to The Rock. Would I say nice guns or great pecs? No, I wouldn't. (laughs) I don't know.
1: The first thing that comes to my mind is if the Rock walked into me, I might look at him and be like, "Dude, it's great to meet you. Your chest is huge. <laughs> like, <laughs> you clearly cannot say that. Maybe there's some things that you can't say to the Rock too, but maybe, and maybe that's just me.
2: <laughs> right. But I
1: definitely would not say that to a woman in an office.
2: Exactly. So we're talking about this in, I think, very light terms, and we're trying to have a little bit of fun with this, but it's serious. So I don't want anyone to take our laughter or any like that, as if we're not having a serious conversation about it. But I think that it's just really easy to say, would you say what you're about to say to another man? It doesn't even have to be the rock. And if it's not something you would say to another man, don't say it.
1: Absolutely. And I also think that there's a portion of context that is relevant. I'm not even going to shy away from the fact that, you know, a lot of men and women meet in a romantic sense in the office. I have friends who, you know, one of my friends married the client. And she was a consultant, and he was the in-house marketer. And I'm sure that there were some things that happened in their relationship that could have been considered sexual harassment if one person was upset about it. But that happens as well. I think that you just have to think of the context. And if you're uncertain about how to treat someone, err on the side of caution. And I think that the guideline is, would you say it to The Rock if he were already angry at you, is maybe the way to think about it.
2: That is a good way to think about it. And context is king. So to bring it to marketing, we talk about content and context in our jobs every single day as communicators. We should, of all people, of all industries, be more aware and more cognizant of how the people that we're speaking to are receiving our messages through verbal tone, through body language, through written word. And putting all these things together, we should be able to navigate what is a consensual approach. And of course, there's some people that date in the workplace, but is that flirtation being well received? And if it's not, it should probably stop
1: absolutely. Okay. I think we've spent enough time on the third rail. I think we've covered a lot of great topics. Women, I hope I didn't offend you. And men, I hope that you appreciate how much I have had to try to word our side in an appropriate fashion. I'm going to land the plane on this before I get myself in trouble. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Christine Mortensen, the founder of Sparked, and the Women in Martech group for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Christine is going to tell us the purpose of a gender-specific peer group. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Christine, you can click on the link in our show notes to her LinkedIn profile, or you could tweet her at C Mortensen that's C M O R T E N S E N, or you can visit her company website which is SPRK-d.com. And if you're interested in joining the Women in MarTech group, women only You can go to sparked.com slash women in Martech. That's S-P-R-K-D dot com slash women in Martech, one word. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thank you for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you. So we've created benjshap.com slash question, where you can send us your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. And of course, you could also reach out on social media. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P, on LinkedIn, Twitter, pretty much every social network. If you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with Christine Mortensen, the founder of Sparked and the Women in MarTech group, we've got some great episodes lined up in the next few weeks. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.